What's shaking, YouTube and I? It's welcome to Lords of Lombox presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week. Sorry, we're running a little bit late, boys and girls. So, unfortunately, it's Freestyle Friday and we're running late. So, you know, we can't play any music for you. So, uh, let's get right to it, shall we? Good everybody. Welcome. Uh, we're running a little late, but what you yeah, nothing to do. There's no NBA playoffs. There's no hockey playoffs. Uh, so there you go. You're going to hang out with us. Gabe, say what's good to people. Yo, what up, everybody? Uh, speaking of hockey, I can't believe that this Desert City won the, the figure skating Super Bowl or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the King, I mean, they were in the finals a couple years ago, weren't they? Las Vegas Knights? Their Black- first year. Yeah. First year, yeah. First year, they made yeah. it to the finals or, or yeah, I think they made it to the finals, close to the yeah. finals. I don't, know. I don't watch sports. You guys may get the Oakland A's pretty soon. Who knows? That's right. Otto, our man from Amsterdam, what's going on? What's up, man? So excited to be here tonight. Came off the bench. He threw up the uh, LOTLB signal, and I'm joining the crew tonight. Happy to see everybody in the chat tonight. The summer of Otto is in full effect, so can't wait to talk about some amazing books. And if you got some of these books, I'll be impressed. Yeah. Uh, once again, if you want to get entered into tonight's giveaway a drawing, um, I'm going to do a comment on this video here. Make sure you like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the road to uh, 8,000. What are we on? You know, we're at right now. Seven, 
almost at 7,900 or something like that. Uh, once again, this show is sponsored. You know what I'm going to do for a Freestyle Friday? I'm going to download a, a Harry Mack clip. If you don't know who Harry Mack is, I highly suggest you uh, search him on YouTube. He does freestyles right off the dome. He goes online and asks people for words, or he goes in public and asks people words, and he just drops mad freestyles. But anyway, this show is brought to our, uh, brought to our friends over at CoverPrice.com. This is uh, kind of, this is the daily shakers list. Uh, this is, comes from our friends CoverPrice, focusing on new sales that are most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out every day to review some of the hottest trending books in the market so after these 10 we're going to see what's shaking today it's also show us probably sponsored by our friends over at bird city comics use discount code of lotlb to get 15 percent off anything in the bird city comics store i just got the box of comps that uh now i can finally ship out so uh bear with me for the people who won the last like week or two weeks or so um yeah they're coming to you they're coming to you um, I looked at them. There's some pretty cool stuff, and I'm keeping one for myself. <laughs> uh, the Vampirilla metal variant. Uh, I'm keeping oh, that. It's, dope. it's a metal cover, yeah. Let's get right Vampirilla. to it. Yeah, so let's get right to it, boys and girls. This is the cover price shakers of the week. What do we have for the first shaker? So we're shaking down with Disney's The Lion King number one newsstand, all right? Uh, from 1994, recently, Dynamite Comics released numerous Disney-related comic book titles like Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, Maleficent, Maleficent—I can't even say it—Maleficent and Scar. This appears to be a great success for Disney and comic fans alike. Dynamite Scarf Number One even used this cover as the one in ten variant. However, it's interesting to see collectors go back to the first appearance of characters like Scar, his fellow King members, uh, in this adaption. It faithfully retells the classic story that captured the hearts of millions. From Simba's playful cub, uh, cubhood to his exile and the eventual return to claim his rightful place as king, the comic book captures an emotional depth and thematic resonance that made the original film such a timeless masterpiece. Despite uh, only selling roughly for $15 near mint raw, if you saw it, if you can find it, it sold for a new high of $428 for a 9.8 this week. Wow. I have never seen this in my life. No, nope. uh, nor have I looked. But my God, Disney's The Lion King newsstand from 1994 at 9.8 for 425 dollars. I mean, yo, this Disney's been traumatizing kids for uh, for decades and decades, but this one really traumatized. Man, <laughs> spoiler alert: when uh, Simba's dad dies, yo. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't yeah. seen it. Uh, Disney's The Lion King number one come in uh, for. Uh, 9.8425 dollars. All right. Hey, you guys are paying for it. All right. This is a cool book. This is definitely an offer. I think so. Yeah, no, I love this book. My oldest is a big Hot Wheels fan. So this is great. This is Hot Wheels number one from DC Comics 1970. Hot Wheels is one of the best selling toy lines of all time, with over six billion toy cars produced and sold since it was raced onto the scene in 1968 with their first uh, production model, the Custom Camaro. Hot Wheels was the brainchild of Mattel co-founder Elliot Handler, who wanted to create a toy line to reflect the hot rods of custom car shops he would see on the roads in California. Although Matchbox cars had been on the market since 1953, Hot Wheels made a, made a number of important design upgrades, including wider and smoother plastic wheels, that rolled at much higher speeds. Hot Wheels was an immediate success for Mattel, 
with the brand soon branching out into other merchandising areas, including a cartoon that ran from 1969 to 1971 on ABC, video game uh, releasing its first branded video game in 1984 for the Commodore 64, for all you old school game players out there. Yeah, Yeah, we know what's up. Uh, And even a pinball machine from American Pinball in 2020. It it also partnered with DC Comics to release the comic book series in 1970, although only short-lived with just six uh, six issues released. It featured prominent artist Alex Toth, who designed the art for the cartoon show, with writer Joe Gill pinning the series. Each of these six issues now tend to be somewhat pricey on the aftermarket, but nothing compares to the 17. Hundred dollars paid this week for a CGC 9.8 copy of the first issue of the series, the only one on the census. With a live action movie announced uh, that JJ Abrams is producing, collectors might want to anticipate a spike in value for these issues. One thing we know for sure Hot Wheels is firmly planted in American popular culture and is univer- universally loved by uh, little and big kids alike. Who doesn't love Hot Wheels? I mean, no, maybe. I mean, uh, sequential geek dropping the knowledge here. Bernie Loomis Hot Wheels cartoon was the reason why, the reason the law that was passed to cease and desist cartoon shows slash advertisement. Then Loomis went to Kenner, and got in perpetuity with Star Wars action figures. Wow! Man, the big brains on the geek man. Yeah, man, man. We're learning a lot today because that Hot Wheels uh, info was really cool. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Hot Wheels number one from 1970, uh, 9.8 for $1,700. Yeah. So, hey, any, like I said, I don't know how long I've been saying this. Any show or new movie that's coming out that it wasn't originally licensed as a comic book, go get that comic book, right? I mean, you know, this proves it here. Indiana Jones, uh, yep. was the first appearance of that. I mean, if you go look at Transformers and G.I. Joe stuff. Hey, I don't hey. want to toot my own horn or anything, but I've been telling people about that for about three years now. Three years, four that, years at best. Oh, my yeah, God. We had a long-term spec list at G.I. Joe and Transformers and Hasbro Universe, and then there's been... Uh, a mask. <laughs> mask, <laughs> yeah. I think Gargoyles will come back, too. Look for the first appearance of Gargoyles in cartoons as well. Have um, it. Yeah, so here's... I want to share something that's not match wheel. Hot Hot Wheels, but it is fucking cool. I mean, I, I need to go full screen for this one. This was an actual AOK given to me at WonderCon. You know what that is? That's fucking the Bruce Lee NASCARs. God damn. <laughs> Look at Look that. At that. That's nice. Huh? Oh, How cool. cool is that, man? Uh, one of the homies gave this to me. He's like, yeah, I know you're a big Bruce Lee fan. And I was like, yo, this is so dope. And it was, it's licensed. It's called Racing Champions. Uh, from NASCAR, because nothing spells NASCAR. Nothing says NASCAR like Bruce Lee. Like Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not a fan of Bruce Lee, though? Like, seriously. Exactly. NASCAR, um, I mean, in cars. I have I have so many Bruce Lee stuff up on my wall. I mean, you can't And I got the Bruce Lee stuff, too. I got to send you. I've been collecting it. Yeah, I got a thing in the back. I have some uh, the Bruce Lee statues. I got the Bruce Lee shoes that when they came out, the limited edition. I got the Bruce Lee Funko Pops. I mean, yeah. So, all right. Send it to me, Otto. Yeah. All right. What do you have for number three? All right, we're going to shake down to Invincible Iron Man, issue number 25, the movie photo cover. This was a 1 in 10 that came out in 2010. 
2008 marked the release of the first Iron Man film, which was directed by John Favreau and produced by Kevin Feige. At one point in the film's production and casting, we've all heard that Tom Cruise was a popular fan casted and long rumors started to play the bombastic Tony Stark. However, with the fate of the entire studio's future on the actor's shoulder, the studios took a chance on a notable actor, Clive Owen. Clive declined the role, stating that he wasn't interested and ultimately wow. went to the second choice, Robert Downey Jr., who at the time was in uh, talks to play the role of Dr. Doom in Fox's Fantastic Four. The rest is cinematic history. Feige directly credits Downey as the reason Marvel Studios even exists exist today. The movie photo captures the first film featuring the actor front and center. There have been several movie photo covers featuring the actors and films from the MCU, but this is arguably the first. These comics, in average, ungraded condition, go for about 50 bucks. If, you, if you're looking to add this to your comic collection, I recommend that you have two bank accounts, like Tony Stark first, with the only two copies on the CGC census right now, a 9.8 and a 9.6, and the only 9.8 sold on June 9th at a record setting, I can't believe this, $2,400, and it's unsigned. I remember seeing this book. This is amazing. Like, <clears throat> some people have to have this book. I mean, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't. There's got to you. Out in, in 2010, nobody cared. Yeah, no. well, that's true. I promise you, I was ordering comic books for stores at the time, and nobody liked uh, the photo covers. They wouldn't sell. Really? Yeah, yeah, nobody liked them. So okay. you, you would probably be able to find photo covers in, in bins. Mm. Yeah, and Agreed. 2010. I mean, when movies came out, they weren't nearly pushing the comic market the way it does now. Because obviously, the comic market has changed. Back in 2010, you had eBay, right? And maybe, yep. maybe another universe and dynamic forces. But that, I mean, that was about it. But nowadays, you have so many marketplaces that you know you can buy uh, and sell online, especially. And now, I think uh, the last two or three weeks photo covers have been making a comeback i don't know if it's a it's a trend or what or people just like you know what these are slept on man but uh, i'm going after maybe a they're doing um signing events or something because that's yeah. usually when these things blow up is that they're doing signing events right i have a, a star wars uh photo cover of harrison ford as han solo um oh, that's on, good. One, on one of books but uh yeah i don't yo you think getting a comic person's uh signature is expensive wait till Jeez. you get to a celebrity alley uh i remember all the crew of star wars and i think it was like two three hundred dollars to get like their their signatures for like luke skywalker or uh, mark hamill and some others i mean you know in hindsight probably should have got uh um princess leia's yeah uh, this before she passed away but yeah i don't think harrison forwards there it was definitely mark hamill was there uh, and it was a, I forgot what show was either WonderCon or maybe even Star Wars Celebration, one of the two, because I, I used to go to Star Wars Celebration, but then I stopped going because it is expensive. Because everything at Star Wars Celebration has to be licensed from uh, Lucas. So, funny story is, I see my man Ken Lashley there. I said, Ken, what are you, what are you doing here? He goes, Yeah, I'm, I'm selling some stuff. I go, Wow, it's expensive. But I know, man, he has, he goes, it has to be officially licensed by uh, Lucasfilm. I was like, Man, that is nuts. But yo, anyway, that's my uh, Star Wars story. So, number five on the list, Invincible Iron Man. Number 25, the photo cover. Wow, go figure. All right, here's a cool one. All right, number four, Shaker. We got Lady Death, Nightmare Symphony, number one. Uh, the Art Germ Legend, uh, limited to 77 cover. Uh, this is from Coffin Comics 2018. Coffin Comics did a Kickstarter for this book, 
back in November 2019. They offered a set of three covers done by Art Germ that included a Legendary Edition, a Noir Edition, and a uh, Holo Edition. This set was limited to, to 77 copies. What the an kicker, odd number. Yeah, that is an odd number. Uh, the kicker, uh, you had to pledge $799 to get them. Damn. In return, backers would receive a set of some of the rarest and lowest printed art germ covers ever. Copies of any of these editions rarely hit the market. Uh, we've tracked four sales for the Legendary Edition since 2019. Um, and we're talking about hitting an all-time high this week for $1,100 in a CGC 9.8. Wow. I mean, the, at 2018, I could say is that that was at the height of Art Germ's popularity. Would you agree? I mean, I mean, he's kind of petered off. I mean, I always yeah. say this: the more covers an artist does, the less valuable they be. You know what I mean? Sure. They, they saturate the market, right? And you know, um, that's why autos. Uh, which what was your uh, the the variant you sold of uh, the variant of Miles? Oh, the Dejervic thing. Yeah, I the thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, thanks. So, I'm sure yeah. King of the Golden State's going to pop on right now and say something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's signed by Dejervic. I mean, you don't see many Dejervic covers nowadays either. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, yep. uh, it's just, you know, I mean, same with Peach Moko. When she first came on the scene, everybody was getting, and, you know, but, you know, good for them because they're getting more work now because they're doing, you know, more covers. You know, nobody does internals anymore. Everybody does covers. As yep. one artist told me, doing internals is a young man's game. Or young woman's game, but now I think young people come in and it's like, yo, I can make money just doing covers. Why should I have to do panels right. of art? Well, like look at that? yeah, look at artist alley at every other convention. It's just guys that want to do covers. Yeah. So, uh, Lady Death Nightmare Symphony number one, the art germ legend, limited to seventy seven. Man, you had to buy in for seven hundred dollars to get this, but you probably got some other cool shit too. I would imagine. All right, we're halfway there, boys and girls. We have a number five. All right, so here comes your autoism of the night, your Spider-Man number 12, your Richard Isonovi, Isonova. Tim, how am I saying that? Correct me. Am I right or wrong? I have. I don't even know who he is, so I'm going to go with you, man. Yeah. All right, Isonova. There we go. It's 1 in 25. The standard cover of this issue features a popular kiss between uh, Miles and Gwen. However, this gorgeous cover, an impossible-to-get-in-high-grade black cover, we should know that, is a modern-day must-have in both Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. A budding relationship was teased. It's a plot point that will most, most likely be finalized and beyond the Spider-Verse. However, it's important to note that while they first kiss in this issue, they realized it was a mistake at the end and they have no future together, despite being married in another dimension. Fans will still feel the two should and will ultimately end up together, giving providence to this minor key issue. The two Spider-Verse uh, films playing with their chemistry helped uh, give this the hard-to-find variant a huge boost. Jesus Christmas! With this sale, the, this week's all-time high sale of three thousand dollars for a nine-eight. God bless. God bless. You can't wow. get some black cover. Forget it. One handprint on this, right, Gabe? One thumbprint on this, and you got a, a thumb like a stain on it. Anything on this? Yeah. The, yeah. The tiniest little crack is is this huge like stain or white spot on there. Right. Unbelievable. I yeah, I dig how it's almost a negative cover, but if you look close mm. enough, you can see their their the bodies, uh, you know, but still dope. You know, and I, I hope they don't come romantically involved. I mean, you know, they should have their, you know, they're in their own universes. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But, I, you know, I think Spider-Gwen, 
uh, Spider Ghost, whatever in the movie was very well acted by uh, the chick from Bumblebee. What's her name? Uh, Haley. Haley Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Haley Seinfeld. Yeah. 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 So not only is she, yeah, not only is she a Hawkeye, she's also in Transformers and she's also in uh, Spider Man. So she's killing it. Multiple universes. All right. What do we have at number six? Oh, I like this one. I like this, my girl. Yeah, this is a good boy. Uh, Uncanny Avengers number two. Uh, this is the Minara 1 in 100 from uh, back in 2012. Minara, who was born in Italy, is an artist whose focus is on the erotic side of art. Uh, he is perhaps best well known, most well known for his controversial work on the infamous spider butt uh, of Spider-Woman number one, one in 50 ratio. Uh, from 2014. Despite criticism, though, Marvel still released a censored version of the cover, even though critics deemed it still sexually suggestive. The censoring caused Milo to swear never to work with Marvel again. Not only did this bring uh, value to that cover, but it shined a spotlight on his previous Marvel covers as well, causing all of them to increase. Uh, Fast forward nine years later, and we have the Scarlet Witch on this 9.8 cover selling for an all-time high of $855. This particular price here is quite interesting because there is no key info. Just a beautiful cover uh, by a classic Renaissance artist. Granted, a 1 in 100 incentive was a tough ask for retailers to commit to. Um Many of Milo, uh, many fans of Milo might also want to check out his Uncanny X Men Five One Fifty Ratio, his most valuable Marvel cover. Yeah, I mean Uncanny Avengers Number Two, the Milo Manara One in One Hundred. So, um, for those who want to look it up, uh, the the Spider Woman cover, I think the Virgin variant shows, you know, her. Uh, I don't want to know how to say it. Uh, her, egg, her egg McMuffin. Uh, yeah. but, and then I, they, basically it was still controversial, but then they put the logo over it. So um, and if you want to see what it looks like, watch. Um, I have It's an action homage to a penthouse comic he did. And I think I sold that uh, as I have a giant box of porn that I sold to somebody. I was selling as a penthouse comic by <laughs> Matter uh, of Milo. Fact. Yeah, Milo Manara did the cover to it, and it's and it's the same pose that he did for that Spider Woman book. Um, I'm pretty sure it came first. So, and I think one of the Lucky Lords auctioners, auctioneer, auction people bought it because uh, I remember I sold it. Uh, and then again, I may not. I still have a giant box of porn, by the way, uh, all like penthouse comics. And you be amazed. Are you know? There's Adam Hughes worked on those. I mean, Milo Manara worked on those. A lot of mainstream artists now got their start in penthouse comics. Go figure. All right. All right. Here's uh here's one that's uh definitely cool to see on here. Definitely cool to see, but do you have it in a nine eight? All right. So this is wordy. I'm gonna take my time because you guys know I'm an X-Men guy, a mutant fan, and this by far is my favorite series of all time. I'm sure many people in this chat will agree with me that the Dark Phoenix saga is one of the greats. So uh X-Men 131, Marvel 1980. Uh, not only is this cover from the fantastic John Byrne stunning. But this issue also has a whole lot going on within it. It features the first appearance of Jean Grey as the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club, as well as the first appearance of of a gaggle of Hellfire Knights that you might not know of, like Sally, Cam, Jocko, 
Mansky, Skipper, Elton, and the second appearance of Dazzler. Not incredibly important characters, but they play the, their part. This, bull is, this book is full of psychic battles between the White Queen and the newly minted Black Queen, um, mental torture and anguish, and most importantly, Cyclops being way too involved in the day-to-day -to -day lives of the teammates. All, har all, um, all hail marks of a classic X-Men book and one that a fan recently on the hunt for, well, they found it, dropping 2,500 bucks for a CGC 9.8. Um, a new all-time high sale in this grade, surpassing its previous hail, uh, high sale of 2325 established just four days prior. Before that, it was around $1,500 to $1,800 for years before it hit the new high. With 85 copies in that grade on the census, census it'll be interesting to see if more come to market. But this new high sale, um, and if it goes higher or sees a drop, we don't know. But it is the second period of Dazzler. Uh, one fan was willing to drop a fat stack. And if you're not willing to pay attention to our coverage of Xbox hitting new highs after new highs, uh, this is where the community is quietly investing their money right now. Great run, great story, underrated. I think I just sent one to CGC. Yeah, so <clears throat> in 1982, uh, direct market was only about 20%. So I think about 1980 on this book, I meant, uh, you know, if you got newsstand, a newsstand was probably more abundant to get. I mean, you know, there's still the argument that, you know, <coughs> newsstand weren't taken care of, they were trampled or whatever, but it just goes, I meant, you know, it just shows that, you know, back then you can buy them anywhere. I mean, yeah. you, can buy, you can buy them anywhere. I mean, you know, but direct stand, I mean, how many comic shops were in 1980? In the 90s, you know, there was comic shops everywhere, but, you know, Uncanny X-Men number 131 from 1980, $2,500 for a 9.8. I'm glad I, I have this entire run I, of uh, Claremont and Byrne from yep. uh, Giant Size and then X-Men 94 all the way up to like 150 and then all the way up to 200. Just missing a couple issues and then up to 300. By far, X-Men is the largest run that I have in my collection. Probably yep. about over 450 issues when I stopped, I stopped keeping track yeah. after a while. All right. What are we up for number eight? All right, number eight. This is great. Uh, Walt Disney's Comics Cheerios set. Why? Issue number one. Uh, from 1947. While the Disney brand has long been a trusted staple of Americana and, com and comfort to millions, it hasn't always been the juggernaut that it is today. These small comic booklets were the special surprise that came in your 1947 box of Cheerios. Like many of the comics of the 1940s, it is, it, it's, it is very difficult to find a copy in any kind of condition. This particular issue features Donald Duck and the title Atom Bomb. The scarcity of these mini books has led to an average sale of $432 for a raw copy of this comic. However, uh, a CGC 9.6 just sold for $960. Yo, that's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. That's, first of all, it's from 1947 and it was originally in a box of Cheerios. God damn. That, I'm telling you're, you. you're telling me it was this a comic book that was in a box of cereal made it through uh for almost 100 years. Well, I mean, you know, we're 47 is like, you know, we're 2023, but 80 About years. 80 I mean, years or so, yeah. Jesus, that's incredible. I mean, that's and for less than a thousand dollars, 
that's to me seems really low priced. I mean, you know, I mean, I, maybe the person who was selling it didn't know what they were selling, or maybe the person you know buying it definitely knew what they were buying in there. Uh, but nine sixty seems like a interesting sale. I mean, you know, typically when you see auctions, they end at some kind of weird number. But I'm I'm, I'm assuming this was an auction uh, on eBay or one of the other ones. But uh, yo, how nineteen from not anything from nineteen forty seven? That's a nine point six. Is like sure. that's amazing to me. Yeah. All right. So number eight on the list is Walt Disney's Comics, the Cheerios set, issue number one from Western Comics, 1947. Go figure. All right. Uh, hey, I'm on the board. Go on, Tim. I was just that somebody in this group and this panel has this book. Uh of the Realms. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> New Ages of Atlas. Uh, you were on this book for a while, though, Tim. I got to give you credit on that. I give you a lot of credit. This is the Suyayan, Suyayan uh, version. Uh, from 2019, we previously wrote about the future uh, fight first, Crescent and Io, and mentioned uh, this book, War of Realms, New Ages of Atlas, that has become more popular due to recent high sale. During our research into the K-pop world, we discovered that the talented group Blackpink, who uh, have achieved impressive records for subscribers and streams, and are well-known in some circles in the world's biggest girl groups. Rumors suggest that Jenny, a member of Blackpink, might be cast as Luna Snow in the upcoming Marvel project, which would explain the sudden surge in interest. The CGC 9-8 Comic Odyssey exclusive cover by Miko Suyayan featuring Wave instead of Luna Snow has garnered the most attention out of 13 available variants sold for $1,250 this week. With 172 9.8 copies of this cover on the census, likely current owners won't let it hang for much longer on their walls as its popularity grows, continues to grow. Be alert. Keep an eye out for anything related to Luna Snow. I am old, and I don't even know who we're talking about. Uh, Luna is... Snow is a uh, is a Korean character, I believe, that was in okay. uh, New Age's Atlas. And there's there some cool covers of her, but uh, I remember I was all over this book. I have three yeah. 9.8s, and I have uh, one of them or two of them signed by Miko Siyuan, who was uh, doing a show. And th first, this book gained its popularity because it was the first ever Filipino superhero. Uh, Correct. You know, and that's why it blew. I mean, it was in Filipino vogue. I mean, it was how how popular it was in the Philippines, you know. Uh, and so now that it's you know twelve fifty, you know, you know, if they do a new Ages of Atlas with Luna Snow and Wave, and there's another character that looks a lot like uh, Zealot from uh, Wildcats. Help me on the live chat here. I have her covers as well. She's another Filipina superhero. Um, she has all white hair, short, and you know if you're Gabe, you remember Zealot, right? You know Zealot and Grifter, Absolutely. right? Oh yeah, yeah. great book, great characters. Yeah, I forgot what her name I is. I think but... the chicks. Yeah, man. <laughs> so anybody in the live chat knows what her name is. So uh, twelve fifty still uh, still a steal to me because there's also the regular uh, one, but the Virgin one just looks dope because it has the the Filipino flag in the background. So como uh, esta all my panoys and panes out there. So. War of the Realms, New Ages of Atlas, number one, the Miko Siyuan Virgin variant from 2019, 1250 for 9.8. Time to sell. You know what? I haven't sold books in so long. It's like it's time for me to sell. I was a little, didn't want to sell this year because last year I had a hefty tax bill and I was like, man, most of this is from selling comics. I was like, screw this. Or we could do a Lord's auction and just have to do a PayPal. Mm. Yeah, there you go. I'm too, I'm too tired for that. It takes so much out of me. I don't know how people do it anymore, but all right. Last one on the list, boys and girls, and we'll see what's shaking today. And then uh, we're going to give away some shit. This sure is my favorite cover this, this one. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I oh, so, love it. Uh, yeah. Zatanna number five. This is Brian Boland variant 
2010. Brian Boland has created some amazing covers, especially for DC. He did variants for the first six issues of the Zatanna run. This series is mostly known for Adam Hughes' standard covers that ran from issues 11, 13, all the way through 16. However, Boland's covers are quickly catching up, if not surpassing. Number five here is the most sought after amongst the various covers, increasing in value each year. This week, a VF raw sale at $237 marks wow. the highest price a raw copy has sold, has sold for, creeping close to the all-time high of $385. That was for a 9.8 back in 2021. This makes the entire 2010 Zatanna run by Paul Dini not only a fantastic read, but one of the most valuable modern DC series. Just Very wait for, like, cool cover. a movie or something like that. No, I was just looking up like Filipino superheroes and um, maybe Filipina. Let me see. Hold on. I'm looking up this other guy here. Yeah. So there is a dude named Red Feather from 2012 uh, in Invincible Iron Man number 525, who was a Filipino, Pinoy, not Panay. So uh, I correct myself. So Wave is the first Filipina superhero ever, um, you know, but uh, still trying to figure out who that other character is. Uh, I'm trying to find that, by the way. So Zaytana number 15 by Brian Boland. Uh, oh, on my full screen here. Let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Those dudes that seamless trans transition over, over to cover price. This is my favorite part is checking out cover price right here. Yeah. A, a share the knowledge. Oh, look at that. Top 10 four years later. Love it. Yep. Here's the top 10 we do every Tuesday. These are the weekly movers, which is a good indicator of how the market is going right now. So look at Spider-Punk, yep. ASM365, the first um, preview of uh, Spider-Man 2099, first Prince of Power. Yo, this Spider-Punk cover is wild. That is dope. He was a great character in this. I love it. Did you guys watch it in Dolby? Because I thought the sound was a little screwed up. Um, well, they, they re-released it, apparently. Um, okay. Yeah. So in my theater, it didn't. But uh, for some of the Dolby releases, they, they had to re-release it because the sound was off. But I didn't see it in Dolby, so I was like, you know, I didn't I'm gonna it. I'm going to see it either. Yeah, yeah okay, I saw yeah. it twice, so, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to see it twice, but let's see. Look at all these books right here. Big Boy Keys. Yeah, but weird to see the weird shit. Come on. What about Mystery Man Comics from 1939? Look at that. My man looks That's like cool. Robin Hood flying through space, right? Yeah, it looks like he's got wings on too, like Earth. Look, look like at the name of the characters. Though. You got Green Mask, Ching Chang, and Blue Beetle. Yeah. Wow, is that like the Blue Beetle or a different Blue Beetle? At 2.5, so for four grand. Holy cow. Mystery Man Comics and Fox 1939. My God, pre-World War II books. Oh, I love this. I think I have this one. But I don't have the Virgin, though. But I want it. This oh, entire... Awesome. Finch run on Moon Knight. Yeah. The covers that Finch does on Moon Knight are just absolutely incredible. This is Vengeance of Moon Knight number one. The he did the Finch interior run. art for this series too, didn't he? Raw Dog, three thousand bones. Ooh. Oh. Nine point eight, five grand. Now, mind oh. you, this is the uh, look at that one right the, there. Go all the way at the end is my favorite one. Oh, the black one? and white. Wait, yeah, yeah. Well, or yeah, just yeah. yeah. That's that's for uh, Leno Francis. You here's the second print. Speaking uh, of Filipino. Yeah, look at that. 
digging that. I think, uh, yeah, Finch kills it. Just like, like um, you know, Platt and Finch, best two, my favorite, best two favorite artists on, um, on uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, uh, absolutely. I was looking at Blazing Combat. I what is that? Him. What is this thing? Oh, that looks like what's his name? Is that uh, Frazetta? It looks that like Frazetta. Looks like a Frazetta definitely uh, style. Can't see the signature. Yeah, it is Frazetta. Yep, right down near the bottom. Frank Frazetta. Blazing Combat War Action Collector's Edition Number One. Exciting battle and adventure from Warren Comics, nineteen sixty-five. Eighteen hundred dollars for an eight point That's wow. awesome. That is a great. How deal. cool is that cover? Frame cover too. Uh, frame yeah. like uh, Marvel Bronze Age. Yeah. Anytime you get Frank Frazetta doing a comic cover. Just, just get it. Just get it. Yo, I still got this. I'm yep. still holding it. Oh, yeah. This is the book that got me back <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> yeah. This is Star Wars Darth Vader Sabato, La Roca, number one in 25. The first one is Dr. Afra 000 and BT 1, the murderous droids. Bro, well, 1254, 9.8. I think this is the book that most spec on, like, that has, hasn't come to fruition. been on for like 13 years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anytime there's a new character, it's like, hey, yeah, we're going to get this new Star Wars character. And then we. Um, look at this. That's dope. Uh, I know who this artist is. It's the guy who did, um, this is Richard, oh, Corbin. Richard Corbin. Corbin. That's it. Yes. Corbin. Cause I was thinking heavy metal. Uh, look at this. Yeah. yeah just correct me if I'm wrong, but this looks like Corbin to me. Is it was 100% Corbin. You could, I could tell from like the stippling and stuff like that, but I can tell by the women's body, but you know, yeah. famous, he, uh, he did, uh, Corbin did den. <clears throat> and if you remember, I think Den was also in Heavy Metal, the movie, if you guys haven't seen that. Things brought to you, sponsored by things people have watched that you should watch. Oh, Heavy, Heavy Metal, you gotta Metal, watch that. Oh, my God. And listen to the soundtrack, too. Yes. And uh, shout out to Devo, who makes it weird. And then fucking Sammy Hagar. Happy Sammy Hagar, Metal, of that, course. That. Yeah, man. I'm, Devo I'm kills it. I think I've, I've got that on vinyl, not the original, but I've got a re, uh, remastered version of it. So there was a sequel to it that came out, or another heavy movie that, yeah. that came out in, like, 2000s. Uh, and it was more about, what's her name? Oh, I forgot her name. I interviewed the chick who did the story, too. The the warrior chick from Karna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot her name already. I'm so I'm bad. Okay. All right, nothing surprised there. Hey, look at Looney Tunes. Mary Medley's 10 cent comic, 1941. Yeah, a little Bugs Bunny always kissing on people. Seven eighty dollars for a 3.0, only twenty six hundred dollars for a 7.0 from 1941. Man, I'm telling you, if you can find any of those old comics, man. Any Disney comics or anything like that? Yeah, that's right. I got two of these Brother Voodoo's. Love them. First appearance of Brother Voodoo. Also at the first appearance of Dr. Voodoo. Oops. Strange Tales. Oops. Let me go forward to... That's another dub co cover too, though. And that's when they start switched over. And then there was a four-issue tale. There was a four-issue series on this. And I'm going to keep going here. And you know what? I'm stupid. I'm going to just do this. I love those 70s covers. There's always like snakes or demons or yeah. motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you could tell, <clears throat> Brother Voodoo started at 169, went all the way to 172. I have all four, one, two, three, four, five, five issues. Okay. Um, and then it just kind of went into its own thing. And then, you know, where those Gollum. Gollum. Yeah. Yep. And then I got these warlocks. Of course. Matter of fact, I got to add all these too. Uh, warlocks, and then uh, and then it went back to Doctor Strange, right? And to finish it off, and then it went over to Doctor Strange number one. So I'm at 
I don't think this was um, what's his name yet, Frank Bruner, who's my favorite Doctor Strange artist. That's your boy, yeah, yeah. That looks like a Alan Davis or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's from 1976. So, hmm, is Alan Davis around 1976? I'm trying to think, because Alan Davis so. did is famous for Excalibur, right? Did it? Yeah, this, that's what I at least that's what I picture. Michael Golden, yeah, Al- uh, Alan Davis fingers or hands. Like Alan Davis yeah. draws the same hands every time. Yeah, I remember Alan Davis had a very sp- a specific artist style, like like John Byrne. You see a John Byrne, yep, you panel, know you know that's John Byrne, right? Uh, you can't you can't miss it. Oh, um, um just real quick, just look at that Amazing Spider-Man fifty, just because it's John Romita. Yep, pay our respect. Romita. This is one of the best yeah. covers of all time. Rest in peace, John Romita Sr., who passed away at the uh, rightful age of like 92, 93, I want to say. 93, right yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, lived a, he lived a long time. First appearance at a Kingpin, 750 for Raw. $99,000 for a 9.8. 99000 Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, this, Kingpin, yeah. This is arguably, you know, when Ramita took this over, you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, just in my opinion, I mean, this is a grown-up version of Peter Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Like, he took him, he got made him a little older, it's changed him from the Ditko style. You know, I'm a Ditko purist, but this was a great transition. And Ramita always said how he needed to pay the bills, man. That's why he did it. Yeah, he became yeah. a full-time photographer, you know, struggling to pay the bills. That's why people can relate with Spider-Man, you know, people, yeah. you know, paying the bills. He made Peter Parker it. attractive. Like, he made yeah. him, like, a yeah. good-looking guy. You know, Steve Dicko had him all kind of squirmy and creepy. Yep. Uh, where's Laura? Shout-out to Laura. Couldn't make it, but here we go. Blonde with the red dress. Millie, Hetty, Tessie, Joker Comics, number 32. Look at that. That seems a little explicit for 1948. Yeah. Four hundred twenty dollars for a five point five. Wow! Now I, mean, I want to now I want to see what other what these other issues are. Oh, they're just kind of silly, cartoony books, but aren't they all? Yeah, but you got a lot of blondes in front and center. Yeah. There's a lot of blondes in red dresses here. Like Laura's gonna have a field day with this. I know, stuff. right? Hey, and they're you know, they're fairly <laughs> priced. They're like sixty bucks. Yeah, if you could find them, I love the way they draw dames back then. <laughs> dames. That's what I, I, I used to call him Dames back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Look God. Look at that Warrior number one. Which one? Warrior number one. It was the one next Oh, yeah. To look at that. Is that, is, is that what's his name? Do, do, do. Oh, oh, this, this is, is the first little... appearance of uh, Miracle Man, uh, Alan Moore's Miracle Man. And V for Vendetta is in here. Yeah. New stories from yeah. Britain's top comic creators. So, Warrior. Quality comic first appearance of V for Vendetta and Marvel Man. So this was a UK publication. Or, yeah, yeah. Warrior was a yeah. UK. That's where like Miracle Man or Marvel Man originally came from. It was serialized in here. Yeah. And then repurposed to put together in America, like in regular comics. Yeah. Yeah. The UK has a rich history in comic books. So many, so many um writers have come from the UK that it's it's like if you think about, oh, yeah. you know, they you caught know, the uh, the UK invasion like in the early Warren days. Ellis. Warren Ellis, Alan Moore, uh, Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman, yeah, oh, Neil Gaiman yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a ton of them, man. Oh, Ghost Rider, look at this. I have that. I wish. Hope we see this. That'd be dope. That would be amazing. Well, Let's get this version and not the motorcycle, like Johnny Blaze version. Yeah, yeah. This man like will the, go nuts. Like in the movie where uh, I love the Spider Gwen. I think this is uh, yep, Alan uh, Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes variant, yeah. Yeah, just great covers, internal work, eh, not so much. You know, what are you going to do? All right, boys and girls, that's it. Uh, we're going to uh, see what uh, – I hope you guys have commented on the show. I'm going to give some stuff away. 
Let's do it. Should I drop the link again? Sure. Sure. Why not? I'll drop the link again. Subscribe, leave a comment, like all that good stuff, and you'll be uh, thrown into a random generator and you'll get some shit sent to you. That's cool stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. What is it? Six plus six? Yeah, damn. Division shit. All right. Yeah, six- um, John Mita Jr. mentioned in the chat. Uh, creator of Wolverine and Punisher. Yep. Right. So. Yep. King. <clears throat> All right. While you guys are waiting, um, since the name of Peach Moko was invoked, you know. <laughs> hey guys, it's Lou here, your out of shape comic book collector, and I'm welcoming you to another episode of What to Put in Your Box. Oh man, you're not gonna believe this, dude. Your book came back a 9 8. A 9 8? Karate kick! Oh. <laughs> hey guys, it's Comic Lou here, and this is another episode of our top 10, where the comics we talk about, ironically, are on my eBay store. And I'm here, joined by the comic sensei from Alaska himself, Kevin. What's up, guys? We got our top 10 books. This is on our top 10 here. It's uh, Peach Momoko. Peach Momoko! Take a look. I love Peach Momoko. I love Peach Dude, Momoko. Dude, it's my book. Dude, stop! It's my book! Dude, stop! <laughs> Man, I'm T-Ho from Lords of the Short Box. Screw that guy, British style. Yo, DJ Curse Words, kick it. Man, what the fuck is that? That's the best. <laughs> I That's forgot that Otto was lampooned in there too. Yeah. Oh my god. Who's the first guy? Who's the out of shape comic book? Oh, what do you think? The guy who holds the sword. You know, he made his own comic book. Well, uh, Reggie. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we have 61 comments before I played that clip. Let's see oh, uh, how many we have now. 67. All right, 67. So you're going to get the, a box, uh, six or seven um, variants from Bird City Comics. Good luck to everybody. So make sure you subscribe, like, and all that good stuff. Once you get to 8,000, I may give away one of those metal variants that I'm going to show off. Cherokee metal. Yeah, all right. Metal. Look at that. Yeah. He's always, I, I thought I saw him in there earlier. So, uh, oh, congratulations, man. Cherokee metal. Awesome. Hit me up online and, um, I'll start shipping out the books. Um, hopefully next week when I start feeling better, I was supposed to get a root canal today, but, um, I got started a different job. So my insurance are kicked in. So yeah, I am not feeling good to say the least, but yo, Cherokee metal. Congratulations. All right. Awesome. Uh, Otto, any last words? Yeah, man. Great hopping on tonight. You know, Summer of Auto is in full effect. Hopefully, I'll be able to jump on with the crew uh, a couple times this week. We are going live tomorrow night on Three Men in a Basement. I got 15 books back from CGC. Uh, we've got a few things that we're going to drop about Terrificon, and we're also going to do an over and under with my man Chinmo based on John Romita, and we're actually going to be giving away this book. Speaking of Ages Comics of Alaska, this is the Good Boy variant. Uh, this, is a one in, this, is, yeah, this is a 1 in 10 right here. This is really neat. Um, this is like a hard cover right here. Like 
this if this book doesn't come back at nine nine i don't know so check this out this was mike provo did it with ages comics of alaska we're gonna be giving this book away and uh, just head over to three men in the basement sub up and keep following the summer of auto because it's gonna be a great one and uh happy to join my uh lotlb brothers tonight man and checking everybody in the uh uh, chat tonight so great to be back guys thank you very much for having me my dyslexia is kicking in or something i keep on reading summer of photo everybody. thanks a lot for showing up learn some fun stuff tonight i hope everybody has a great weekend and it's father's day on sunday yes right? thank you shout out to all the dads out there yeah, yeah let's do it also flash so uh, a lot of people seeing the flash tonight actually so uh i'm gonna see it saturday so maybe i'll do a straight out of theater review of the flash so for gabe and otto to sativo keep digging in them long boxes peace out